Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm not Brian Schulmeister. You are not Brian Schulmeister. Would you like to tell the audience <laughs> who you are? So my, my name is Kyle Roderick, and uh, I have been on the show before. Yes. Which I think was like two years ago or so. I don't know the exact uh, episode number. I'm sure it'll be in the very well manicured show notes. But uh, <laughs> yes, thank, thank you for having me back. And I'm, I'm sorry that Brian can't be here. I'm sorry I'm not Brian. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. Brian's got some family emergency stuff, and I've had some other emergency stuff. So we're recording this on Sunday morning at the ungodly hour of 837. Which means that that Brian Schulmeister's own Germany national team is playing right now. I'm not watching, so I'm going to have to catch up on this later. But uh, <laughs> it's not looking so good right now. Well, interesting, because we have some stories about the World Cup coming up. And uh, Germany plays a pretty big part in that. So let's get this party started. And we'll, uh, we've got some follow-up. Someone sent us a link to a Sherlock escape room, which is opening in London. Now, did you ever watch the show Sherlock with Benedict Cumberbatch? <laughs> yes, I watched, I think, the first two seasons. It was pretty mm -hmm. great up until the point where he got on the airplane and then disappeared. I think that was somewhere around season three. Um, spoilers, I suppose. But it, <laughs> Spoiler alert! I enjoyed, I enjoyed it uh, quite a bit. And then just kind of lost the plot uh, a little bit. But this this whole escape room thing looks pretty cool. Yeah, it looks really cool. Unfortunately, it's in London. But they do say that they're going to be branching out and bringing them to other cities. So hopefully Los Angeles will be one of those cities because I will be there with bells on. And Have a you done an hunter. escape room before? <laughs> I've done one really, really crappy one in San Francisco, but it was still a ton mm -hmm. of fun. My co-host on, well, my boss on the Jordan Harbinger show has done like over 150 of them. Have you? <laughs> uh, I've done one before. It was a like pirate themed room and I did it with a bunch of coworkers that I had never met before um, on a trip to North Carolina. And we kind of blasted through based on our, our like, uh, I guess our um, strange team dynamics of uh like everyone is sort of an alpha in that group it's a bunch of software <laughs> engineers so yeah. we all kind of went our own way and uh blasted through the record for that particular uh escape room it was fun but it was kind of lackluster i guess especially if like you get everything right i don't know this whole yeah. like it, sherlock theme those sounds pretty good. I think one of the quotes that grabbed me the most here in the Mental Floss article was uh, it says, as close as you can get to being in an episode of Sherlock without becoming an actor, working for years of disappointment and gradually dragging your weary carcass into the show. <laughs> That's a pretty good line. I like that. In and out in an hour. Yeah. I'd like to do more of these for sure. But, I'll, you know. I don't think I'm going to be in London anytime soon, so I'm going to have to wait for this one. But it's, uh, I think there, I think it was fun. I feel like every everything about London is Sherlock, right? I mean, it's That's close true. enough. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and if you're just if you're randomly on the street at any given time, you might see Benedict Cumberbatch beating up some Deliveroo drivers. Yep, beating yeah, the heck not, out of a guy, or saving some Deliveroo drivers. I should say, not beating. If you started beating up Deliveroo drivers, that would be a complete <laughs> plot twist. We need to ship them out here to uh, to Santa Monica and, and get them on those bird folks then. 
Yeah, yeah. Speaking of, Santa Monica City Council has approved a shared mobility pilot program. So for, oh. they're going to run a 16-month pilot program. And so you at least have another 16 months of those little bastards really rolling the streets. So yeah. since you work in Santa Monica, what's your take on them? So I'm only there like one day a week now, one or two days a week. Um, I almost hit one on Wednesday, though. <laughs> I was making a blind left and someone going the same way that we were going, but in the left lane, decided to cut right across while the light was green. So I just about hit someone. Uh, they weren't wearing a helmet. It would have been really bad. My my truck is like, you know, one of those big old 1.5 ton trucks. Mm-hmm. And they would have just been completely splat onto my my very flat windshield. Um, I'm not a fan of, of folks um, who aren't very versed in, in the whole like bike culture of the area being like using these particular things and i think that's the main problem um one of the things though that that santa monica city council is doing and and putting in here is saying like they need to have docks to put them uh into the different places where you would stop the bird uh scooters and you need to provide at least four of them at once so two i guess like scooter varieties and two electric bike varieties mm-hmm. to I don't, I don't know make it so that families can use them they're putting some some good things in place to to make these uh a little more tourist friendly but all they're describing is the metro bike program that already exists in la county and i don't mm. i don't understand why uh, it just is so 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 frustrating that we have the infrastructure for the proper use of these electric bicycles but instead we have to have these these companies that get super well funded and just plop these guys in the middle of nowhere. Capitalism, baby, capitalism. That's right. Uh, free markets. Woo. <laughs> yeah. So this we'll see how this goes because this is what seems to be the way that they're all going to go. Yeah. Seattle, uh, San Francisco, the, San Jose. It's everywhere now. Yeah, but I mean, at least with the cities like saying, hey, we're going to try this out and see how this works in our city. We're going to give you some rules. And if you can follow the rules, maybe you won't be grounded. <laughs> and right. you can put your little scooters back on the street. Like you mentioned Seattle. Seattle. There's an article in here from Wired about the bike share war is shaking up Seattle like nowhere else. And uh, it's a very long article, but <laughs> they're fighting now. It's like some people like them, but a lot yeah. of people hate them. They've even got divers who are picking them up every week. Because they all get thrown in the river. It's it's one of those wow. things where it's like, it can be great for the city, but people are horrible. We know this. People are horrible, right. and they can't follow instructions. Right, oh. right. They're just leaving them kind of wherever. Um, I know you do have to scan your driver's license to make this happen. So there's mm-hmm. some level of accountability for... Not financial uh, accountability, though. Not no, really. No. Well, I think yeah. the the interesting part is uh, while you were show, showing me or sharing with me the show notes for this episode, I got an email from Bird saying safety first and <laughs> describing the rules of the road. They say yeah. care for pedestrians. Do not ride on sidewalks. And then they've got a list here of a bunch of other stuff that, that they want you to do. You must be 18 years or older. You can only have one person on there at a time. Uh, ride in the bike lanes or close to the right curb, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So they're yep. uh, they're trying. It's just like I I I'm gonna put this. I'm gonna archive it. I'm gonna throw it away. Nobody's gonna look at this unless you make it part of your onboarding process and provide the tools to be safe 
and force people, like you said, monetarily, I think that's probably the only incentive that people are going to have to be safe and make sure that that they don't kill themselves on these bird scooters. Now, because there, there's something that harkens back here to me, some a memory not long ago of a device called the Segway, who basically <laughs> had to follow these same exact rules. But you know what they didn't do? Throw a bunch of them on the street and let everything go willy-nilly. Unfortunately right. for them, they basically almost went out of business and got sold to some Chinese conglomerate. And I think, I think in a twist of irony, I think a lot of the the technology that was in the original Segways is actually making it into the electric scooters that have come back from the dead. So in a way, I guess Segway did finally make it onto the streets, albeit illegally. But I was just, yeah. you, you see the, you see the people on the Segway tours, they're wearing their helmets and they're riding exactly. on the streets like, like, yep. you know, proper adults, except you're yeah. on a Segway, which makes you not really look like it. Yeah, exactly. When, when bird ends up selling 400 of these to, the uh, different tour companies in Santa Monica and they kind of train people on how to do that and, and ride with them. I think the problem is that the form factor of these scooters is like, Oh no, it's just a racer scooter. It's fine. I can put my kid on front and I can be on the back and we'll ride at 15 miles an hour with traffic. No problem. So you need it. Yeah. That's what you need. You need a scooter license. You got to go to bird school to get your scooter <laughs> license. <laughs> eight, eight, eight. No, I don't have any, I don't have any good jokes for that. Mm. <laughs> Uh, so to, to wrap up our, our scoot scoot news, Denver has started to basically seize Lime and Bird scoots, and they got mm-hmm. over 250 of them, and it's a $150 fine per scooter to the companies. And they're saying, hey, if we start picking up these things multiple times, then the fine's going to go up. I think that's fine. You know what? If you can't incentivize the people who are writing them financially to be nicer to them and not throw them in a river... Uh, penalize the companies who are putting these out find them i don't know if 150 dollars. i mean that's nothing to these companies right. who are just getting money poured directly onto them I, <laughs> yeah you maybe thousands i i don't know i don't know what would incentivize them to actually invest in making these things safer and and not so obtrusive but we'll see I, this is changing like week by week yeah it really is and the funny thing is Denver's going to out they're going to shoot themselves in the foot if they make the, these fines $500 or $1000 per scooter that's more mm-hmm. than the cost of the scooter they can just go out and get new ones and replace them and then then the city of Denver is going to be stuck with you know basically this dead bird aviary in their their lots that they have to deal with like all the pictures we see coming from China of those just fields of bikes yeah here's a trend I'm seeing uh, i was I was actually just in China, and it totally is that way. It is just lines and lines and lines and lines of bikes. but here's a trend I'm seeing. Bird is only popular. These scooter companies are only popular in states and cities where marijuana is legal. So what is the mm. correlation between these two things here? <laughs> Not saying that they're they're irresponsible folks, but it seems as though. That it is a popular thing to do in the cities and states where both of these things are totally okay. Hmm. Hmm. They should have just named their scooters munchies because, you know, <laughs> people are just going down to the, the corner store to buy some potato chips. I'm gonna, That's I'm gonna the ride bird two, model. Ride two blocks, get my Cheetos, and ride two blocks back. I think that's it. I totally think that's it. That's how... That's, <laughs> 
because oh, you're you're not thinking about it. You're just like, oh no, I'm gonna I'm gonna spend five to ten minutes not walking to the store, but trying to figure out the Bluetooth connection in this app <laughs> to this stupid scooter, and then riding my butt up the street and buying snacks and coming back. That's all this is. Oh, we finally we finally stumbled on it. You've cracked the nut. You have cracked the nut. <laughs> in the news. Net neutrality is officially repealed. Yay. <laughs> oh, God. What the hell are these people over there doing? I, I don't know. And I feel like we don't really have that much insight into what's happening. Like, I, we didn't hear anything about the net neutrality stuff for such a long time. And now I, I guess we've, we've got an update. Yeah. Yeah. It's been repealed. And now it's going to the courts and stuck in Congress. So there's a <laughs> I love this. Uh, this comes from Vox. Net neutrality is officially repealed. Here's what happens next. And it's a long article talking about what happened and the fact that everything is like going to the courts now because that's probably where progress is going to be made. And mm-hmm. at the very end, the very last line is, at this point, all we can do is wait. So I'm like, you could have just said <laughs> we're, we're screwed and all we, at this point, all we could do is wait. Like, okay, thanks, yeah. Vox. Yeah. Pretty much. And I, I figure, like, they do need the clicks. It's fine. I get it, Vox. But just lead with that, would you? Like, I understand that there's a bunch of this bureaucratic stuff that we've got to go through, but we don't know, one, what it quite means yet. And two, we just kind of have to sit here on our hands and wait. So, all right. So, yeah, we'll see what happens when things start slowing down, you know. Then John Oliver can do another special. Everybody can yell about it. Everybody can fill out their their surveys and then somebody at the fcc will you know drag up another bunch of dead people to refute them and we'll start the cycle all over again here in california we know the signatures don't matter they're trying to split this state into three different parts (laughs) right now and and i mm, 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 mm. it doesn't matter the signatures don't matter they're not going to listen to us no matter what yeah yeah power to the people eh Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. not cynical at all no, not at all. And now here's an interesting one. This is this was a defeat for the Justice Department. AT&T wins approval for an $85.4 billion Time Warner deal. So everybody's consolidating now. Every, there's going to be just two corporations by the time, you know, <laughs> we're done. there's going to be Comcast and there's going to be Amazon. And that's like the last two companies left. I was exactly going to say that. Yep. It's going to be Am- Amazon will be the big one. And then there will be some conglomeration of uh, government and Facebook and and everything else. Uh, Zuckerberg will just be a, a severed head inside of a jar. <laughs> it, it's all it's going to be. Yeah, this is insane. Because yeah, even, if even the Justice Department says no, this is really bad, then ju- ju- the judge comes along and says, "No, nah, I think I know better than you." Yeah, like, it's like oh. I don't know. I I read all 172 pages of this document. No, 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 no. Trust me, everything's going to be fine. Netflix, who? It's okay. Nah, it's it's all right. These 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 telecom companies, what they won't be able to control it. It'll be cheaper for people. Don't they want it to be cheaper? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've looked at your bill, but mine's not getting any cheaper. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Well, mine also says Cox on it, and that's just that's always a chuckle thing for me. But hmm. <laughs> mine says mine says Speculum. Oh, I mean uh, Spectra oh. <laughs> or Spectre. I don't know what it's called now. I think it's Spectre. Yeah. 
yeah that, that really really great uh james bond movie mm-hmm. yeah no it is actually spectrum but spectre would be better it would i would much rather at least give my money to a super villain who, yeah. who's out front about being a super villain because i know i'm already giving it to a super villain but come on at least you know wear the cape and the monocle and get a cat so, so i don't know what this is going to mean for the the future of entertainment and the delivery of entertainment to your eyes but um i know that also there have been some rumblings of the whole like could fox be acquired and all all the fox assets and stuff so i think we just kind of have to to watch what happens with this and i i i don't know if they're not gonna read through all 172 pages of this thing saying like this is probably bad Again, yep. like I, okay. What what can I do other than just sit here on my hands? Unsubscribe. It's called the stranger, I think. By the way, that's when I sit on my hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, those those are usually my lines. Come on, I man. I know you're right. You're right. <laughs> I have a monopoly on spanking jokes on this show. That's true. I'm sorry. I don't mean to. Oh. <laughs> God, it's a it's a it's a stranger takeover. Great. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, with just everything now, I but I seem to have more bills than I had before because I look at all the different services that I have to buy piecemeal. Right. I don't know about you, but you know, I've got my my Hulu. Well, I don't have my Hulu anymore because my God, somebody go shoot those UI designers. Um, and I feel bad because my neighbor works at Hulu. <laughs> but I'm like, dude, <laughs> suck now. He's like, he's like, I know, I know, I know. Um, but Netflix, you got your Amazon Primes, you got your HBO Goes or whichever one it is. Because I can never remember which app to get when I ha- have to put it on my phone. I'm like, is it HBO Now or HBO Go? I can't remember anymore. But it should just be HBO No. <laughs> HBO, uh, Star- Stars, maybe you need it. Stars, I think we have original content. I see a lot of those billboards around L.A. these days like, hey, remember epics? Yeah, we kind of had we had like really bad Western movies for a long time. But also, by the way, we hired this kind of B-list actor and now we have an original series. Be sure to subscribe to our our nine ninety nine per month plan to watch this one show. Yep. And that show is called Deep State, by the way. And it came out somewhere else earlier and I watched it. Uh, you don't need to pay for epics to watch that show. <laughs> not not because you can't like you know make a quick trip to Sweden and pick up a copy of it, but mm-hmm. because it's terrible. It had it's terrible. I know this isn't yeah. media candy, but because and also you can't get epics on Directv. So that's one of those things where there there was no choice. It, it's they've got to control both the content creation and the fire hose that you wrap your lips around to to get the content that's all yeah. that, that that they're going to be able to do these days oh, it's turning into a human centipede of bad tv <laughs> now let's get into some more fun news because <laughs> we haven't had that much fun news so far yeah the u.s has filed criminal charges against theranos's elizabeth holmes and ramesh balwani yay <laughs> on this one finally yeah, As they did a two and a half year investigation by the U.S. Attorney's Office in San Francisco, and they finally said, you know what? This whole thing was a scam and it put people's lives at risk. So you're going down, down, down. Mm-hmm. Couldn't happen to nicer people. Yeah, hmm. I guess so. I think the, the interesting part here is when I started doing some digging, I couldn't remember what this was. This was the blood one where they were like saying that they could take your blood and give you. All of these crazy, um, you know, 
spectrum points on what is wrong with you. That was them, right? Yes. Yeah, no, exactly. And they, they were basically saying like, oh, we can use one hundredth to one thousandth the amount of blood that you would typically give. And yes, I know you give a lot of blood when you want to get, you know, blood work done. But to to say that you would be able to just give a droplet or two to be able to do all of these panels that they were saying that they could do. Um, yeah, they were lying, which, okay, all right. Welcome to Silicon Valley. Yeah, no kidding. Well, and I think the interesting part or the more surprising part about this was that Miss Holmes is now 34 years old. She was 19 when she started the company back in 2003. Wow. Let's give a 19-year-old gazillions of dollars and see how that turns out. Oh, wait, they did that with Zuckerberg, too, and now see what the what the consequences are? It took so long for the U.S. to file criminal charges, and it, it took all of that money to to be squandered for this to happen. So finally, 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 they're being indicted for this, and it could mean decades in jail for them. So we'll see what happens. Talk about selling your company on what you think it can do instead of what it can do. Mm-hmm. It's been a, it's been a theme, like a recurring theme, the past couple episodes with all these people just like, hey, yeah, we're going to be able to. Uh, turns out we can't. Ah, oh, crap. Thanks for the money. See you in Buenos Aires. <laughs> yep. Or Leavenworth. You pick. Snapchat has launched a new privacy safe snap kit. They're calling it the UnFacebook platform. Have you taken a look at this yet? I have. So basically what this is, is if you can imagine signing up for an app or a service for the first time, and instead of tapping the sign up with Facebook button, it says sign up with Snapchat. It's basically that, but you're not handing over any of, quote unquote, any of your personal information to the company that you are signing up for. Snapchat Mm -hmm. already has that information. Obviously, they've got your email. They've got everything else. Uh, but you're not giving them. They've got all the images they said they deleted. Right. Exactly. Got, got exactly. But you're not giving that information to the company that is leveraging this API. So, right. uh, okay. All right. I I have my own opinions about this as a, a product manager and product owner uh, at at a very well trafficked application. You can name I, your application. It's okay. <laughs> at I work. So I work at Untapped. And we leverage the Facebook API to be able to sign people up faster, right? Mm-hmm. And the whole way that we can do this is because we do ask for certain bits of information, including your birthday and your email. The reasons that we do that are so that we can better support you when you forget your password and forget your email and forget your username. And forget up, that you want to leave Facebook at some point, and then you exactly. have you have you have a token on your server or on your service that you can then like you know separate the two accounts. So that email address is the key differentiator. I you need that to create a new account on your system if they ever want to leave Facebook, which is important actually. One hundred percent, and we aren't we aren't able to support you if we don't have that information. All you are then in this system leveraging this Snapchat API is like a user token. And that's yep. not necessarily associated with any personal identifiable information that you as a normal user would know. So there's nothing that they can do then to help you in that case. You sign up with Snapchat. Whoops. Sorry. Can't help you. Right. Right. And I don't think you can. It's. I don't think they're going to have a sign up with Snapchat. I think this is going to be add Snapchat to my app ah so it's like okay i'm i'm already an untapped user but i would like to add on 
the snap kit extras. So then right. you can pull my bitmoji and then you can share <laughs> stories from untapped back to right. uh, snap. And, yeah. but you know, here's the thing. I mean, it's like, who cares? <laughs> Well, the, uh, honestly, like just as speaking from a product perspective, the overlap between folks who drink alcohol and folks who would use Snapchat is like two separate circles of a Venn diagram that do not touch each other. They're they're <laughs> thousands of miles apart. You're you're mainly primarily uh, dealing with beer on Untapped, correct? Correct. Yes. Yes. So girls who drink fruity cocktails and like to go to Ibiza and walk around in bikinis on the beach, they use Snap. So mm. if you want to ever expand untapped and go into the, you know, the EDM market where the kids go oons, oons, take ecstasy and order bottles of Grey Goose, that would be the cross-promotion opportunity. Uh-huh. Sounds, like a, sounds like a business opportunity to me. I'm telling you, I'm just I'm just here to give the advice. I'm not here to do anything <laughs> about it. All right. How, how much how much per, per minute am I paying for this? I'll just take a six pack or two. <laughs> I I could get you some good beer. I could definitely get you some good beer. So I I think this is uh I think this is just a it's a it's a hamstrung API and they're yeah. using it for press because of all the shit that Facebook has stepped in. And I don't think it's gonna change the game for them at all in any way, shape, or form because who cares? Yep. Nobody. But do you know who does care? The FBI. And they, they actually care about Michael Cohen's Blackberries because, this is scary, they have recovered WhatsApp and Signal data stored on his Blackberries. A lot of it. And I don't know about you. I don't know if you use Signal. I don't, I don't use WhatsApp, but I use Signal. And that's scary that they are pulling off Signal data from the Blackberries. Right. Hmm? Mm, well, and Signal's whole shtick, too, is that, like, it's end-to-end encrypted, nobody can read it, it's stored somewhere, but it should be encrypted, you know, at every endpoint. Um, right. Yeah. And and you can set time for disappearing messages on Signal. So, But if you set it wrong, they can persist. So there will be a database of that on your phone. And if the phone has already been unlocked, they should probably be able to extract that data once they open the app and figure that out. But it's... It's interesting. I mean, maybe this guy just didn't know how to use his settings because right. he's a you know a lawyer, and he's, and by the way, he's on a BlackBerry, which I didn't know because I, who still uses Blackberries? Well, I think Blackberries like they they have this veil of uh, privacy for some reason, either because of their tactile keyboard or because like oh, the president's on his uh, official BlackBerry because it has some sort of uh, you know secret encryption and uh, separation from the network, but. Yeah, that all went out the window years ago when India said, hey, we want the keys. And they said, OK, it's like, uh, well, yep. uh, kind of, uh, you know, opened the kimono on that one a little bit, didn't you? Well, that's that's what happened here. Right. Like uh, WhatsApp and Signal store their messages in encrypted databases. But if you have the key for those, it's just about plugging the BlackBerry into the computer loading up the key. And there's all all one all seven hundred and thirty one pages Oh, pages, yeah, pages of messages. Like, okay, wow. So it wasn't yeah. it wasn't like a single lapse in judgment or a, a single like, oops, I accidentally uh, flipped over this privacy setting. It was just incessant use of this platform with the misunderstanding that whatever was being set on there was going to be private forever. Yeah, that's you know a reliance on technology you don't understand. I believe yep. is what's going on there. So. 
That's there's a lot of that going around. Now, speaking of technology we don't understand, let's talk about AI. Yeah, boy. <laughs> Where do you come down on the AI debate? Are you are you are you team AI? Are you team machine learning? Team decision tree. Team team uh yeah. Yeah, I think I'm <laughs> exactly. I'm with you guys. I'm with you guys uh, I think from the very beginning your argument makes sense. Um AI needs to prove itself still. I I think it's all decision trees and machine learning right now and pattern recognition and then spitting out some sort of output. Like to say that those uh those voice calls from Google that they quote unquote faked were AI. It was just pre-recorded audio bits that got spliced in based on whatever the input was, based on a whole bunch of different stuff that it had heard before. Uh, that's not AI. No, it's not. That's that's the whole thing. It's AI doesn't exist. So when I see this, MIT fed an AI data from Reddit, and now it only thinks about murder. So <laughs> this is over at The Verge. And you have to you have to go look at the the photo on top because this is oh. it, at first I thought it was a yamaka, but then it's like no, it's some <laughs> a yamaka made of like a motherboard. Exactly. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? So basically, these guys over at MIT said, "Hey, let's uh, let's send our AI, our robot, or whatever the hell you want to call it." To this channel on Reddit, and they won't even name the the actual channel because apparently it's a very gruesome channel. And so when it comes back, they they named the uh, the bot Norman after Norman from Psycho really? because apparently it's a very disturbed AI. And I'm wondering when they named it that if this was after or before. And then here's the other thing that they do: they gave him a Rorschach test. Okay. I don't know if you've followed any of the videos that we posted on uh, AI and, and machine learning a couple months ago where the guy did all of these things where he was training his training and training and training his AI to do like uh, number recognition. I like, okay, is it a four? Is it a five? Whatever. But mm -hmm. you could totally screw it up by just sending it noise and then it would make its best guess based on the noise. It wouldn't say, I don't know. So when you use a Rorschach test for that, I think it's even I think it's you should have just gave him noise. And then he's just basically building a a random set of strings. So it's a title generator for a really bad, you know, grocery store novel. Right. Right. Yep. Yeah. So uh, inkblot number four, uh, what, what a standard AI sees is a black and white photo of a small bird, which also a doesn't look like a small bird. But Norman sees man gets pulled into dough machine. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then we the, the next one, a black and white photo of a baseball glove. Also, doesn't look like a baseball glove, but uh, Norman sees man is murdered by a machine gun in broad daylight. So, but okay, so all this is is the only output that this Norman AI is quote unquote AI is able to to create is mm -hmm. headlines for people being murdered. So he must have right. read a whole bunch of different whatever, 50-50 or like just a bunch of bad headlines on Reddit. And he yeah. doesn't know anything better. Because the last one here is man is shot dead in front of his screaming wife. I, I, I would like to point out that all I, I think Norman is actually a woman because there's a lot of men being killed here. Um, I think it might be a very vengeful wife. 
<laughs> because mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if you noticed that. I kind of something that stood out to me. That is interesting. Yeah, Florida man gets uh, wrapped up in alligator teeth or whatever. Right? It's the it could be <laughs> could be real bad. Yeah. So I, the next article I have in here comes from Gizmodo UK, and I want to point this one out because this sounds like hmm. Might be some shenanigans going on over there at the MIT Media Lab. Uh, don't be fooled by a the forced a bot meme. Now, this is one of those things where on Twitter people are like, I made my AI do a bunch of this thing, and then it came back with this thing. Mm-hmm. And seems like a lot of this is just people making stuff up and posting it. That's what it really is. It's like, you know, try people trying to be funny. And so when you have... Somebody's claiming to be from MIT doing it, and then you have these people on Twitter doing it with, you know, uh, thousands of hours of Olive Garden commercials when there aren't even thousands of hours. Same thing, right. thousands of hours of Saw. Um, there aren't those. This is my brand, though. Thousands of hours of Olive Garden commercials is is 100% me. <laughs> Do you sit around with your unlimited breadsticks and when you get there and open up your phone and just watch the commercials? I got my pasta pass. I got uh, I got my I got my uh, whatever Olive Garden nachos. Yeah, yeah, that's me. Oh man, so you are the bot? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> you are the bot. I may as well be, honestly, at this point. <laughs> I'm just I'm just churning out who knows what these days about awful food and terrible commercials. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's kind of what I feel like. I like that this is satire, though. I think the problem yeah. is this is very much, you know, a, a, uh, a whatever, a flip of not the onion. Uh, it is like people believing that because it comes from MIT and it says science or it says AI, that whatever they say goes. Thousands of mm-hmm. hours of Saw movies don't exist. There's about 20. But yep. But anyway, hey, here's the fun bot that, that does some stuff. OK. All right. It's cute. I think I think it's a lighthearted meme that I think at least somebody's spending some time on it, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. And I I like what was actually turned out uh, from this. I'll, I'll read a bit from the Olive Garden commercial. So it kind of puts together like this script for this. And this is what was shared. Uh, it says, waitress, pasta nachos for you. We see the pasta nachos. They're warm and defeated. Friend one says <laughs> the menu is here. Then it goes on and a waitress says, unlimited stick. We see the unlimited stick. It is infinite. It is all. (laughs) I'm sorry, but you you skipped my favorite one. Lasagna wings with extra Italy. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Now coming to an Olive Garden near you. Extra Italy. Extra Italy. But I I, I want to figure out how to make lasagna wings. Mm. Mm. What would that be? I don't know. I don't It'd be know. like a like a chicken parmesan wrapped up into a wing, and then maybe you dip it. But you have to have you have to have noodles in there, so we have to wrap it you in do. a big fat lasagna noodle. Yeah, yeah, and and, and you have to have ricotta. So you do, uh, yeah, yeah. There's all there's uh, so many pieces and parts that so comes with it to make extra Italy. You know, it's almost it's almost like it's more difficult to make a lasagna than it is to make a bot. <laughs> nowadays i think you're right uh and we we have our last machine learning project here machine learning predicts world cup winner now um oh you can't you can't even peek to see who's winning now because you don't want to ruin your germany game Mm -hmm. Uh, because here's the deal this they they ran the entire world cup over a hundred thousand times using their machine learning 
And what they came up with was Spain has the best chances of winning. And if Germany makes the quarterfinals, then it becomes the front runner. So they they're hedging their bets. Basically, I still think rolling the dice um, mm-hmm. because you can't have you can't predict the winner with an if then statement. It's like, give me the winner. Who are you predicting? Give me Spain or give me Germany. One of the two. I think this is hedging your bets and it's not not a, not as fun. Right. Well, and what they say here is that the best that they can do is put the odds at about one in 100,000. It's not even a roll of the dice. That would give you even better odds. It's mm-hmm. one in 100,000. So this is completely useless. I could watch five minutes of SportsCenter and be able to determine which of those two teams would do better. I listened to a bit on K-Rock the other day, and people on the street, their ideas were better, and they don't even watch soccer. So. Right. <laughs> Uh, we'll see who wins, but uh, but go Spain, go Spain. Okay, your team Spain. Yeah, yeah. When, Brian when will you're... be very sad to hear that. Yeah, I know. I brought on the enemy to co-host the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm okay embodying uh, the the German team for especially for this morning and especially uh, in lieu of of Brian not being here. Uh, go go Germany. I love that go he was Deutschland. Counting... Yeah, <laughs> I love that he was counting down the uh, the days until the world cup it was really honestly the only way that i could keep track of the world cup starting he i think that was one of the best twitter memes i've ever seen he's i think he started like 120 days or 100 days yes every day there was a new photo on on his twitter feed and folks if you want to follow brian on twitter that's at slender fungus uh but yeah it was really fun because i'm like who's he gonna he's got to run out of photos sometime soon and nope all the way down never never did yeah celebrity every time it was great uh, speaking of celebrities, William Shatner's new enterprise, a solar-powered Bitcoin mining farm in southern Illinois. This comes from the Chicago Tribune and also bad headline from the Chicago Tribune. It's not <laughs> William Shatner's new enterprise. William Shatner is a spokesman for Solar Alliance, a Vancouver-based developer of alternative energy products that announced plans to build a solar-powered Bitcoin mining operation in an abandoned southern Illinois factory. That is not William Shatner's new enterprise. Right. They, they're they trying. They're really trying. They had to get Enterprise and Shatner in there. I, you know, it took me a minute to figure out. I'm like, oh, you're trying to do a cool play on words because Shatner was the captain right. of the Enterprise. Ah, I right. get you. Yeah. But you suck, Chicago Tribune. <laughs> well, I think the, the funny part, too, here is that Shatner once called Bitcoin a quote unquote snob currency on Twitter. <laughs> Um, and said that now he's proud to be part of a company that's powering the digital currency revolution. Great. Oh, Wonderful. I like that he's he's behind these these alternative energies and, and he's whatever the spokesperson for the uh, Vancouver company here that is uh, trying to make the earth a better place and everything. And we've seen the articles that if we continue along this path of Bitcoin mining, like we can't sustain it the the amount of electricity that's being used we can't sustain it so what no the way... earth will melt yes the earth will exactly melt. <laughs> exactly so what better way than to just harness the the fusion power of the sun for powering the the mining of bitcoin i guess i think the best thing that's going to come out of this is so that this giant factory they're going to build you know they're going to try and build a bitcoin mining space but what they're also going to do is they're going to train the locals on how to install solar panels. That's a better use of your time. 
Absolutely. So if the Bitcoin mining is going to subsidize training for locals in a skill that is in high demand, awesome. And if you're not sucking up the juice from the grid and you're making your own, by all means, go for it. I think that's fantastic. You know, it's, it, I've been through these towns in southern Illinois and it, they're just wastelands and right. people need jobs down there. And that's a lot of the way it is across the country. If we can make more solar panels and we can get people to install them, then, hey, mine Bitcoin away. You know, I yeah, don't as care. Long, <laughs> as long as this rolls back to the like whole infrastructure part of setting up solar and making it so that it's not just for Bitcoin mining and it's not just for this factory. It's for people in that, that area to be able to leverage for farming and things like that. Or it's for the rest of the country to be able to leverage more solar power. Then great. I think we're we're rolling in the right direction here. It's just the headline grabbing title of Shatner Enterprise Bitcoin, you know, oh, woof. Yeah, yeah. And the Chicago Tribune's website is so bad that I could never even buy it. So that's why I now get the New York Times. <laughs> and I lived in Chicago and I couldn't get the Chicago Tribune. That's how bad they are. Ugh. So Case writes in, IBM blockchain is the blockchain built for smarter businesses. This isn't a link for us because we love to say blockchain, especially when we're having a drinking game. Um, the IBM blockchain resource center is now open. So it is blockchain all the way down at IBM. They've actually <sighs> renamed the B and it used to be international business machines. <laughs> now it is international blockchain monies that they want of yours. That's what they want. Ugh. So there's a bunch of, this is like the AWS for blockchain is what they're trying to build. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Why? Why are we doing this? If you want to punch your computer, go go to, go to IBM.com slash blockchain and read anything. And then you'll want to punch your computer. Just make sure you don't have one of those Chrome extensions installed that, that switches blockchain for like butthole or whatever. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the blockchain to Goatsy add-on. I'm sure right. that's a, it's got to be a thing. <laughs> well, so speaking, I don't, of, I, speaking of blockchain, real quick, uh, there was an article I found that said uh, the Crypto Kitties. Remember Crypto Kitties? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We covered it the first week they were out. How are they? How are those kitties doing? Have we euthanized them yet? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's real bad. Uh, trading on them in the last month is down almost a hundred percent, and they are just hemorrhaging money. Uh, turns out, would, that would, wouldn't that be hemorrhaging Ethereum? Pretty much. It, it turns out that the whole like idea behind digital uh, collectibles isn't great. Mm -hmm. Nobody cares. So. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe, maybe we should rethink a couple of these blockchain ideas. So the Chachki chain has has decided to that it's not going to make it. Doesn't it doesn't bode well for the crypto kitties? Ah, oh, poor kitties. Well, you know, I'm all about the dogs anyway. That's true. <laughs> uh, turns out the UK is not going to be involved in Europe's Galileo satellite navigation program. This, uh, you know what? tough titty you guys voted for brexit get the hell out so the eu has said no no member nations are allowed to be part of galileo which is for people not in the know that is europe's version of gps like an updated version and mm -hmm. england's already put in over a billion dollars into the project so kiss that money goodbye and we'll see if you get to use it once it goes up <laughs> Media Candy. 
Jason, I just had a couple things that I wanted to touch on real quick here. Media Candy, um, I've got the, I guess, newer version of the PSVR, which is kind of a, a really cool experience if you're into the whole, like, strap something onto your face and pseudo exercise in your living room. Um, but I, w- <laughs> yeah. I wanted to talk to you guys, talk to, to you specifically about the Star Trek bridge crew on PS4. This is basically like a VR experience for being at one of the terminals on the bridge of the, uh, your ship of choice. Right now, the first version actually was just kind of like a regular starship where you would go around, you do like the, I was going to say the Kessel Run. Boy, oh boy. Wrong, wrong <laughs> franchise. Uh, you, oh, man. <laughs> you, you do the, uh, oh my gosh, what is the name of it? The Kessel Run to Vulcan? Oh, great. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> Kobayashi Maru, maybe? Thank you so much. The Kobayashi Maru. So they that's the first thing you play in there. And it's just, it is like living a childhood dream. You're able to move your arms around in VR and look around and you're on the bridge and the sights and sounds of uh, Star Trek. It's the rebooted franchise, unfortunately, for this first version. But what I wanted to touch on more specifically is the DLC that they just came out with here in late May. It is the TNG version of Star Trek Bridge Crew. It's 15 bucks and worth every single penny and time you put into it. Oh, my God. You're there on the bridge of the Enterprise. You cross your legs like Captain Picard. You it is it is just an amazing experience that I cannot speak more highly about. I enjoy every second in there. Oh, man. The acutograms even look right on this. Yeah. Well, the the thing is, it's like they try and do the whole Elkar system. Mm-hmm. But like in a smart UI way, it doesn't look like you're randomly touching buttons on there. You're actually like doing things in a UI. It's one of the first kind of more specific utilizations of L cars, especially in VR, where you're able to actually do stuff. I, I love it. OK, um, I need to sell a kidney so I can get one of these so I can play <laughs> Because I don't know if you know that because I, I I worked on First Contact the movie and I have a mm-hmm. lot of the actual graphics that were used in the film in high res format and yeah this is it was Elcars was never designed to be a usable interface it was designed to look cool on TV right so most of the buttons are named after cast and crew and things that they find funny so I'm pretty ah. sure that there's like a there's a Ren and Ren button and a Stimpy button in some of them mm-hmm. so it's it, interesting that they got it to work i wonder if they got mike akuda to come in and actually do that but man this looks cool i i want to try this i am such a next gen nut well and if you've never been able to get out to like one of the las vegas conventions and go sit in the recreation of the bridge this is the only way now for you to do that because i don't think they're ever going to do that again yeah they're all they've all been dismantled and gone and yep yep all done so this is pretty cool and so do you get sick because we've we've always wondered that. It's like, do you just basically want to barf when you're done with it? No, thankfully, because you, because of the nature of Star Trek, you sit in a chair the whole time. All you do is look around. <laughs> so that's the pseudo exercise part. You're just <laughs> waving your arms like a crazy man. <laughs> that's exactly it. You just sit there. You reach over. You touch some buttons. And that's it. You aren't moving around. You're not moving forward. Um, it is probably the least uh, nauseous I've ever felt in a VR game. And... On the PlayStation Store, it is nineteen ninety nine right now. 
50% off. So go get that. All right. All right. Um, I, I can't because I don't have a PS4. So, uh, sorry. Tra- not you. <laughs> Trajan X-Bone. <laughs> I got my Xbox One. It's yeah. been sitting in a closet since I got it because I was playing Star Wars. That's the difference. Yeah. I play Star Wars on the Xbox and you're playing Star Trek on the PS4. I think I chose poorly. Oh. I definitely think I chose poorly. But because I don't know if they're doing VR for the Xbox. No, not not right now. Not right now. I don't I don't know what what that's going to look like in the future, but they're probably just going to wait and do their mixed reality. Yeah. Here's a better idea. How about I come down to your place and play with yours and you buy me a beer because yeah. I already owe you for all the all the the new features that you're going to roll out and untapped for the Ibiza crowd. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, you, look, win win. You, you really, really should try this out, though. We probably shouldn't be playing this after a couple of beers because you will absolutely yark. <laughs> Fall out of the chair. Yeah. <laughs> and now and then we can also test the the new VR headset cleaning yarmulke that Brian and I came up with last episode on Grumpy Old Geeks. So. You know, it's, wax on, it's a wax off all around. Uh, so you put this link in here where, about Star Trek Discovery replacing its showrunners again. This kind of sounds like good news to me. I, I, how deep were you into Star Trek Discovery? I got halfway through. So when they took their break and I stopped my CBS all access pass, I didn't pick it back up because I knew week to week. Why am I going to be paying for this? I'm going to wait till it's all finished and then I'm going to go back and watch it. Unfortunately, <laughs> I haven't gone back and watched it yet. So, okay, I, that's kind of how I, I'm, I'm lukewarm on. And Luke was one of those characters in Star Trek, right? That was no, I'm, <laughs> I'm just kind of lukewarm on Star Trek Discovery right now. And I'll probably go back and, and watch it. But it's not great news when you see showrunners coming and going, getting fired from the first season. So I. <laughs> We'll see how this turns out. I think CBS is still all in on this whole both All Access and Star Trek Discovery. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's not going away anytime soon, at least for season two. But we'll see what happens with this. Yeah. How did you feel about about the whole wrap up of Star Trek Discovery? And are you excited for it to come back? Eh, I honestly don't care. (laughs) You know, I think the problem with Discovery is... They said that this is going to be a canon show and everything in here is going to be canon. And I'm sorry, I've watched a lot of Star Trek since before this was supposed to happen. Nobody ever mentions a spore drive that could jump you anywhere in the universe at any given time that it ever existed. So, you know, they're going to have to kill it by the end of the series run if it's going to stay canon. And how do they do that? Well, it was all a dream. In the shower. So we now now we know nobody shot Jr. and it was all a dream. But yeah, I don't know how this is. But I do love in this article from Engadget on its launch last year, Discovery gave CBS all access paid streaming service a much needed boost and generally received good reviews. Now, we talked about this on the show because CBS all access didn't exist before Discovery, mm-hmm. I believe. Uh, so every week they're like, we're having record new users because before that it was always zero. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 the only it wasn't much needed boost. No, it's the only reason people were signing up, and I we were still kind of getting some other good stuff out of it in the meantime. You know, able to watch whatever uh, other CBS shows that were currently on on a on a run, um, or go back and watch you know old CSIs or whatever. But that that was kind of it. There was no other reason other than Star Trek to sign up for this or keep my subscription. Yep. Yeah, I get it. I get it. And that's why the, the, the 
numbers worked out that you were just paying through the butt. Right. For just to watch Star Trek Discovery. It's going to cost you like 80 bucks for one season. Well, and there, it looks like they're going to try to get uh, old Star Trek fans back into it as well by introducing a new character in 2019, Captain Christopher Pike. Eh. Yeah. Yeah. You know, all right. it's, it's, it's the curse of the prequel. You have to. They're going to tie it all in somehow. If they do some time travel shit, then I'm out. You know, <laughs> we've already we've already had a reboot. They they you get you get one time travel reboot per per show because then then the universe is skew and you just don't even know where you're at anymore. Brick a brick. Kyle, are you a prepper? Uh, ooh, I I like a mise en place. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> well, everybody should be a mise en place prepper. But I mean, are you prepping for the apocalypse? I the only way I think I am is by driving a, a four by four uh, Toyota FJ Cruiser. And that's about it. I, I have no other way of of prepping for for the uh, incoming apocalypse. You live in Southern California, man. You should actually at least be thinking about some water and food because, mm-hmm. you know, the ground tends to fall out from under us every 20 or so years. That's true. I, we're waiting for the big one here and I, it's mm, it's coming. I know it is. We're gonna be in a bad way if I don't if I'm not prepped. I'll, I'll send you some links to the 55 gallon drum that I use for my water that we keep off to the side just in case. Because you know, food. Who needs food? You can always eat your, you know, your friends once they've kicked off. But you still need water. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. so I found this on BackdoorSurvival.com, which actually sounds like <laughs> a guide. It sounds like a guide to surviving prison showers. <laughs> you know, you know what it sounds like is a guide to surviving Chipotle mostly. <laughs> that would be the shortest that would be like a single purpose website don't go don't just no <laughs> yeah, yeah it's one of those no don't do it yeah chinotle uh but anyway yeah so backdoorsurvival.com i found this because i was on a pinterest spam list and they were sending me all of these prepper things now it's funny because everybody thinks that oh man i can you know just go in my backyard dig a hole put a bunch of stuff in it and then be okay for the apocalypse. And uh, turns out, you'll probably die a very horrible, horrible death. Because if you're not a professional construction worker, things like, you know, gas buildup, water collection, uh, the roof caving in on you, uh, the fact that steel corrodes underground. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you can burn to death, among other things. So you might not want to prep, but this is a really fun read on backdoor survival, which <laughs> you should definitely check out. Yeah, I, I, th- oh. it sounds like you're just locking yourself in a coffin and just waiting for it to happen. Gay, her name is Gay, who runs this site, G-A-Y-E. And she has a little bio up here, too, which is which I didn't see before, but I'm going to share with you right now because it's pretty good. I'm gay, just an ordinary gal trying to make sense of our changing world. I am addicted to prepping DIY projects adult coloring books, and ballroom dancing. I live what I call a strategic life and believe you should too. Everyone needs to prepare for the worst and live for the best. Won't you join me? <laughs> I, I kind of love that. That's it's just like, oh, no, I'm just kind of a quaint prepper. Don't mind me. I'm, I'm just here to, to, to help you out. It'll be all right. Yep. I'll be, it, I'll be, I'll be coloring in my fallout shelter if you need me. <laughs> Oh, man. I'm sorry. That was just too good. <laughs> that is good. I'm choking to death on that. 
Speaking of the end of the world, I don't know if you've ever seen, uh, what was that movie, 28 Days Later, with the rage monkeys mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that caused the end of the world? Great Well, movie. China is now, geni- yeah, it was a fantastic movie, the first one at least. Yeah. Not so much the sequel. Mm-mm. But it was Danny Boyle. You can't go wrong with Danny Boyle. But now China is genetically engineering monkeys with brain disorders. What could go wrong? <sighs> now, the interesting thing, this is an Atlantic article just talking about research on for humans on monkeys, which, you know, for a lot of people is a very distasteful topic, mm-hmm. but it, it, this, I don't know. Did you get a chance to look at this one? Cause it's a very long one. I read, read it, but it took a no, while. No, I, I actually haven't looked at this. It, it sounds like the plot to like the new resident evil game. Like I, I'm surprised that, that this isn't getting more, pre- it is in the Atlantic, but it, I'm going to guess this will probably get some more write-ups in, in some big publications coming up here soon. Cause it sounds pretty impactful. What it is, yeah, because China is opening up the market for a lot of research on animals that we can't do here or we don't have the funding for here. So a lot of our scientists are actually, you know, picking up their go bags and heading to China to do their research. And they're building state of the art facilities and, you know, being checked by international, you know, rights industries like animal rights industries to make sure that they're actually doing things properly. Mm -hmm. And apparently, like in the old days, it wasn't wasn't such. But now. Now that they're really trying to spend, they're spending so much money on science and technology right now, but they're, they're going whole hog on science and trying to fix a lot of brain disorders like Alzheimer's and epilepsy and things like that. So it's a, it's a well-written article about the state of affairs with it. And it, it goes into ethical issues. And it's, I was, I was pretty impressed because I thought I was going to hate this, but by the end I was like, yeah, I kind of see the need for this, and we're going to fall behind if we don't actually pay attention to what's going on out there. Yeah, and I can see the necessity for this kind of thing, too, uh, to be done elsewhere. Because in the United States, even just saying, like, hey, we're doing tests on monkeys. Hey, we're washing monkey sh- hair with the shampoo, uh, you know, with Neutrogena. Uh, folks will get up in a tizzy about that kind of stuff. And in in certain circumstances, obviously, rightfully so. But when it comes to potentially trying to solve some of these mysteries of human anatomy and brain disorders and things like that like uh, if this is kind of the only way that we know currently to go about that it seems like a disservice to not dig at least a little bit deeper to see if we can glean any sort of insights into these particular diseases yeah yeah and they they even mentioned in the article it's like there's a lot of these things you can't test on mice because it doesn't work the the analog isn't there for the human brain right so you know it's it's a tough read, but uh, it's it's worth it. It was one of my favorite long reads for the week. I don't didn't have that many long weeds, long weeds, because <laughs> you know I was on my bird scooter going to get some weed and <laughs> some Cheetos. Down to the store, yeah, I'll have to, I'll <laughs> definitely have to uh, check this one out because it does sound pretty interesting, especially if they dive into the ethical parts. Yep, this next one comes from you. So, Jason, a judge has said literal but nonsensical Google translation isn't consent for a police search. So this was in the case where someone got pulled over. The gentleman's name is Omar Cruz Zamora. They got pulled over by cops in Kansas and they decided to uh, search his car. What they found with his consent was that he had a stash of meth and cocaine and it eventually led to his arrest. Now, the way that this went down, though, was the police officers decided to use Google Translate with Omar because Omar didn't speak much English and I guess at the time wasn't able to understand them asking for 
his consent to go through his car. So they say into Google Translate, hey, we'd like to search your car. And based on the response that they got, they considered that to be his consent to be able to go through and search his car. So after this exchange was done, the court now has found that it was insufficiently accurate to constitute consent given, quote, freely and intelligently. So basically, they threw out his consent. They said what the cops did was unlawful uh, seizure and unlawful search of his personal uh, car. And they aren't able then to, I guess, indict him on on the possession of these these goods that he had. Yeah, this is, you know, this is the app economy gone wrong. <laughs> Not even the economy, just apps gone wrong. And also input gone wrong because the officer asked, I, I'm going to I'm going to butcher this one. Puedo buscar el auto, but the literal meaning is, can I find the car? Oh, so basically, dude, where's my car? <laughs> right. Instead of, can I search the car, which is a lot different. Right. And so also, uh, was it Omar did not get out of the car and let the cops in. The cops actually just went and started opening the trunk and found the stuff. So he didn't, by his own action, give consent. The cops just started doing it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which, which, which is a which is a key point in this because you know if it was can I search your car yes and like would you please get out open the glove compartment open the trunk and things like that although I still don't think they can the glove compartment is verboten I believe in most states still but he was in Kansas and I don't want to ever go back to Kansas so <laughs> I don't know I don't want to find out I've been been to Kansas too many times yeah. too flat yeah but uh, yeah. This is, a, this is an interesting, interesting story for sure. But I'm glad the judge came out on the side of the the defendant on this one for sure. Well, yeah. I, I mean, we, we've talked about, you know, how inaccurate uh, these botnets can be, you know, you know, how inaccurate AI is now. And Google Translate is just par for the course for all this kind of stuff. Trying to use Google Translate uh, when I was on my recent trip to Japan, it didn't work. And it was just far more inconvenient than helpful in those situations. So it's not surprising to me at all that this type of thing would happen. It's just really unfortunate that it led to this this much confusion uh, and and the seizure and arrest of of this person. Obviously, it looked like they were probably doing something bad, but uh, it, it looks like the law ended up on the right side of this. Run of the week. We used to have a segment on the show called Kickstarter into balls. And we took it out because we didn't find that much happening on Kickstarter that it wasn't new and novel for us to talk about. But now we do have something that actually isn't new and novel, but just tickled my heartstrings. It's called the Equa Smart Water Bottle. Meet the future of hydration. <sighs> A healthy lifestyle reminder and hydration habit builder with motion sensor tech that knows when it's time for your next sip of water. Oh, my God. This thing has gotten another backer since I checked it this morning. Oh, oh my God. gosh. So this is a Kickstarter project with 10 days to go. Out of their $50,000 goal, they have raised $177,000, 166 by 2,090 backers for a water bottle with an app. I can't believe this. I cannot believe this. People, we've seen the smart water bottle Come and go and not work as promised. Why? 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 Oh, why would we ever back another one? Uh, because history likes to repeat itself. <laughs> <laughs> 
history yeah. likes to repeat itself. And you know what? These people could have seen that it worked last time, so maybe they'll do it again. And then, you know, bugger off to Belize with all the money. So $63 or more gets you one Equus Smart Water Bottle. Retail price of $84 USD. This is an awesome Kickstarter price. You're getting, hint, you can still get it for less if you get the BFF's two-pack. So you can get even more of them. Now, uh, I watched the video on this. Okay. And it's, yeah, it's a water bottle. <laughs> with and it has a real marble top that gives a bottle an extra design touch and it literally says that uh comes with a leak proof cap with a handle good a cap in a water bottle that's a good idea uh stainless steel water bottle no sweat double insulation okay it's a water bottle mm-hmm. at the very bottom it's a long-lasting power and bluetooth basically puck and it goes stuck gets stuck to the bottom and that's it so it's a puck you're basically paying for the puck not right. the water bottle itself. Yep. So all the puck does is every time you tip up the water bottle, basically says sends a thing to the the app that says, oh, it's it's gone, you know, ass over tea kettle. Doesn't really do anything in the bottle itself to see how much water you drank when you've taken a sip. Right. Which is well, pretty interesting. What is even the point of that then? Because it says that the Equa app currently syncs automatically to Apple Health. But Why? Because it, it's a data point that says water, yes. That's not. There's no yeah. amounts. There's water, no, good. <laughs> yeah. That, there, there's nothing happening in here that is anything more, like you said, than just an accelerometer going boop boop. You drank something, I guess. Yep. Uh, but they recommend your ideal daily water intake based on your personal characteristics and lifestyle, and they track your daily water intake and motivate you to stay hydrated. And of course, there's analytics. Which you know what we think about analytics on this show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The interesting part, I think, in their FAQs is that they say, uh, is this bottle okay for soda drinks? We do not advise you use Equibottle for carbonated drinks. The CO2 gas can create pressure on the bottle, and in some cases, the bottle can even explode. So <laughs> if you don't have, uh, you know, stainless steel shrapnel going around uh, your your place, uh, at least you got your your smart Bluetooth puck. Yeah, which you could just stick on the bottle, bottom of an Aquafina bottle or a Coke or a beer or a beer. There we go. That is the integration I'm looking for. Uh, so this is supposed to be coming out in September 2018. Not ever going to happen. <laughs> this will be this will be September 2020. We know how these things go. Over 90 percent of Kickstarters do not hit their goals. So but the fact that these people are trying another goddamn water bottle Oh, they must be smoking too much weed and riding their birds. Yep, and the fact that that they've got the app design all finished up and they've got the prototypes and everything already uh, done doesn't mean anything, people. It doesn't mean it's going to be in your app store ever, for that matter. I can design an app in an afternoon that looks baller that is never going to work. Yep. So this next one comes in from Jason Foe, FBI agent Chase Bishop. Great name. Charged after backflip shooting. Um, and I'm like, okay, what the hell is this? So it's an off-duty FBI agent who did a backflip. His gun fell out. And then as he was going to get it, shot somebody in the club in the leg. Oops. Oh. Tip, when you go to the club, leave your gun at home. Oh. <laughs> I can't believe this. This is awful. Fortunately, because the guy didn't die. He's, you know, yeah. non-life-threatening injury. And 
the FBI agents get in charge. It could have been a tragedy. So hopefully he's going to get kicked from the bureau. But but we know nobody gets fired anymore. But it, it's still pretty funny because that was a pretty weak backflip. You got to admit. Did you watch the video? No, but I'm I'm gonna have to watch this. This sounds ridiculous. Why would you do a backflip wearing a gun? That's he's a moron for doing it right there. But the fact that he reached for it and shot someone is also awful. Yeah, yeah. This he was in the club. He was dancing for a bunch of people at the club. Sure, 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 sure. Well, speaking of someone shooting someone or, or or almost accidentally shooting someone a man is getting 20 years for trying to steal a domain at gunpoint what so I, you know you know you don't carry a domain in your wallet <laughs> just your just your crypto wallet right it's it's somewhere yeah. in there just dig around you'll find it this is uh sherman hopkins junior a 43 year old man from cedar rapids iowa he attempted to gain control of the website doitforstate.com by breaking into the domain holder's apartment and threatening him at gunpoint until he transferred the site. According to the Department of Justice, Hopkins pleaded guilty to one count of interference and attempted interference with commerce by threats and violence. Wow. Idiot. Complete, complete idiot. Closing shout out. Ted Dabney, Atari and Pong co-creator, dies at 81. Ted, you did great things for the world. You will be missed. Yeah, well, he brought the the living room revolution of video games, too. And that's why I have uh, the PSVR I do right now. Uh, there you go. You should uh, pour, pour half of one out for your homie. Yep. Yeah, because I, sh- I, <laughs> I shouldn't drink the whole thing. I'll, I'll get, too, get too dizzy in my VR headset. <laughs> Or fall off your bird when you're going for your munchies. <laughs> and I've got a closing shout out to the folks over at goodstuff.fm, uh, my podcasting home. Uh, the folks over there hosting shows do it for free and do it out of the enjoyment uh, of just the medium of podcasting. And I just want to say thanks to all those guys uh, for putting in time every single week to put out a show. I appreciate it. Excellent. Excellent. I was on a couple shows over there myself. On was it? Show me your mic. That's a couple right. Times with Chris. Podcast about podcasting. So if you're into sort of like the behind the scenes, inside baseball look at podcasting, that's the show to check out. And I would like to thank you for coming out today and supporting Grumpy Old Geeks, Mister Kyle, because uh, I really appreciate the, the getting up at eight in the morning to do this crap. It's uh, I know it's a it's a stretch on a Sunday. And uh, I do owe you a beer, but then you owe me some, so it's a wash. Yeah, <laughs> but I still want to come. I still want to come play with your VR. Yeah, we got to grab a beer sometime, Jason. No doubt, no doubt. So uh, we'll, we will meet up in Santa Monica when Brian is back. And I would like to throw a shout out to Brian for uh, for letting us do this today, and hope everything is going well on his side. And you know, I I know he's had problems with his dad, but I think this whole thing might have just been a ruse so he could sit in front of the couch and watch World Cup. And not have to do work this week. That's right. Go Germany. Go Deutschland. Until next time, I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Kyle Roderick. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. To support the show and keep us on the air, go to patreon.com slash GOG. Toss us a buck a month and we'll love you forever. If you'd like to give a one-time or recurring donation, go to GOG.show and click the PayPal button in the sidebar. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 264. From there, you can find links to old episodes, leave feedback, ask questions, and get links to stuff we like. Stay grumpy, and we'll see you next week.